Says the 51780, runway 105, takeoff, all of ice crosswind. Go around, Bonanza. Five, five, go back, go around, go around, your gear's up, go around. Okay. You're following the Cessna, just approaching the shoreline out there. I got him, my five, five, short approach approved. That was the voice of Brad Bertner, an air traffic controller at Pompano Beach Federal Contract Tower in Florida, and a charter member of the National Air Traffic Controllers Association. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the NACA podcast. I'm Doug Church, Deputy Director of Public Affairs at NACA. This year, for the first time in the 16-year history of the Archie League Medal of Safety Awards, NACA is honoring a member from a federal contract tower. NACA represents 116 of the more than 250 contract towers in the United States. Brad Bertner is this year's winner and will be honored with the other 2020 Archie League Award winners in August at our biennial convention in Houston. Brad retired from the Federal Aviation Administration on January 3, 2008 after three decades of working traffic at four different facilities. Like many other retirees, he headed to Florida, but he didn't hang up his headset or put away his union membership card. Instead, two days later, Brad started a new chapter at Pompano Beach. Four years later, he worked to organize the controllers to choose NACA to represent them. In late 2019, it was something Bertner did on the job that has earned him a new round of respect and admiration. It was that save you just heard, alerting the pilot of an approaching Beechcraft Bonanza that his landing gear was up, with just seconds to spare. Here's my conversation with Brad about his save and his career. Before we talk about the uh, the save itself, uh, which happened uh, in December 2019. I just wanted to kind of introduce a lot of our members to you that, that don't know you and don't know your career, especially since we have so many young members in the uh, in the union over the last uh, 10 years. Um, and many of them may not even realize how many contract towers we represent and where they're located. So I want to kind of talk about that a little bit before we talk about the save itself, which yeah. was 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 quite nice, of course. Um, you spent all of your career in Cincinnati, is that correct? Your all of your FAA career? Well, I started off at New Orleans Lakefront and was there for um, well, up to the strike, actually. And after the strike, I transferred over to um, Nor- to um, New Orleans um, Moison. And I was there for a year or so, and then I went to Lake Charles. I was at Lake Charles for a couple of years, then I transferred to Cincinnati. I, I was up there from, I think, like 80, 86 till I retired in 2008. 84 to 2008, excuse me. What was it like working there? What, what kind of, what was that facility like? What was the, the camaraderie like between controllers and, and other uh, FAA employees? At Cincinnati? Yes. Oh, um, everybody got along very well. It was a nice facility. When I was there, I think I, when I transferred there, this is you know, the old ATC grades, and they had like one through five. And they were an ATC three, and they got upgraded to an ATC five over about an eight-year period. Mm-hmm. And, um, facility grew, Delta you know, up grew there in Comair, and then it was very nice all, all the way up to the White Book. And I retired about a year later. So that was the final straw then for you. Well, and, and of course, you you reached fifty-six, of course, right. too, of course, right? Yeah, okay. I wanted to max out my retirement, my CSRS, so I maxed it out, and then retired on January third, two thousand eight. And on January 5th, 2008, I started work at um, for Pompano Beach, the Federal Contract Tower with RVA. 
Was there any any doubt in your mind that you wanted to continue working at that level, at the contract tower level, or, or did something happen and it, it, the the stars aligned a certain way and the opportunity presented itself when it did? Well, I enjoyed my job, but I really didn't want to retire at 56, but you have no choice. So um, I also wanted to go to Florida, and I figured we, we kept our house here. We sold, we bought a condo here, sold our house and bought a condo here. And I figured if I go down there and work six years or so, I could pay off a condo down there also so I could have two residents, which has worked out very nicely. And Pompano Beach, how long has that been a NACA-represented facility? Well, I got there, we were, um, the dental unit had us. So um, we were under them for a while. There's two Patcos. There's Patco Inc. And there's Patco, we call it dental. And there was a Patco Dental, and um, I was not impressed. There's no meetings. There's no... You don't get any input in anything. They just do everything. There's, they don't have. They don't really have a. Um, there's no convention. You can't bring up it. You can't even make an amendment to anything. They just took care of everything, and you were a non-participant. So I told the guys, "This is bull. We need to get out of here and get into Natka." Well, we quit. We didn't quit the. We had to get out of the Delhi. That was tough, but we, we figured out how to do it. And uh, we took some other towers with us. Left the dental unit also. Because they had changed the rules and things, they never even told us about it. And it was an open contract where you could you could leave at any time. And they changed it to where you couldn't, and we didn't know about it. So we went to the um, to the NLRB and complained about it, and um, they they agreed with us. So they let us go. And then we couldn't beat Natka because he had to be unrepresented for a couple of years before they can join Natka. Sure. So we went in with Patco Inc. just so we'd stay in there. And um, they're not AFL CIO, so that didn't matter. And we told Ron to join Patco Week. We'd stay there, you know, we're going to stay there, but we want to join NAC. And we became eligible. We're going to leave Patco Week. And he said, sure. But um, when I reminded of that after a couple of years was up, he wasn't very happy with us. But we left Patco Week and joined NACA. And we've been in uh, NACA since 2000, I think it was like 12. Did that and experience? From the day we joined till now. Excellent. Did that experience sort of spur your interest in, in continuing to work uh, it, with the union in terms of the organizing committee? Oh, or did definitely. you always have the organizing background well, as well? I had legislative background the whole time I was in the FAA. Um, I retired, I was on the NL. I'd always been a legislative rep over at Cincinnati and then for the state of Kentucky, and then I ended up getting on the NLC. But um, after I retired, um, uh, when, I joined, when we joined when we joined um, NATCA, John Bradshaw, you know, contacted me and they said they had an opening, and um, I talked to Victor, and I put in for it. And, I, and then I was on the organizing committee probably six years or so. It's been a while. Uh, and for our, our members, uh, Victor Santor, the uh, previous right. uh, Southern Region RVP, yes. Um, so tell us about Pompano Beach. How many other uh, employees do you work with there, and uh, what is that experience like both before and during now this pandemic in terms of traffic complexity and volume? We, we slowed down a little bit from COVID, but not much. Our airport's probably 95% on flight school traffic. We have four or five flight schools on our airport, probably six or seven count the uh, helicopters. But um, there's uh, in s Southeast Florida, there, there's towers everywhere. Like just the greater Miami area, besides the International and Fort Lauderdale International, there's Executive, Tamiami, North Perry, Pompano, Boca Raton, and there's, and there's even a lot of little airports that don't have towers that are right around there, Lantana, North County. So there's a lot of flight schools, and they pretty much ran through the whole the whole time. They didn't slow down at all. We maybe lost 50, 20% of our traffic, but that was about it. 
And uh, how, what are the operating hours? Um, right now, we're, when I got there, it was 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., which was really nice. But now it's 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, so obviously to accommodate uh, the demand uh, mm -hmm. for services. So. Yeah, well, the more we're open, the more traffic comes there. And the city doesn't like the noise complaints. We keep telling them, you know, you make us come early, they, the, the traffic's going to come earlier. How about the uh, total number of employees? Um, we're authorized four controllers and a manager. And the manager works um, like from 7 a.m. till noon on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He fills in a line. And um, we actually have seven controllers because we have the job share. With, on a job share, it's two people sharing a line. So basically, with the job share, you work a week, off a week, work a week, off a week. Or you're actually, it's work five days, off nine days, work five days, off nine days with your um, with your weekends. So we, even though we have four people, we actually have seven because we have two lines that are job share, which people really enjoy too. Okay, that's excellent. Um, and as I alluded to a few moments ago, NACA now represents, including Pompano Beach, 115 federal contract towers uh, out of the 250 or so nationwide. And obviously I think the, the majority of them are in the Southern region with Southwest region probably being a close second. Um, Let's talk about that just for a moment as far as um, the importance of, of what NACA has done to represent those towers and, and how that's made uh, the working conditions better for all of you who work in them. Can you kind of talk about how NACA has played a role in, in expanding our, our federal contract tower reach and what that, that has meant to safety? Oh, definitely. Um, you're correct. The southern region is the largest. I think we have 52, I think, towers now. Um, Jim Marinetti's done a great job as RVP, very responsive to everybody. And um, to tell you the truth, RVA was is a, there's a, there's um three three um federal contract tower employers. There's RVA, Circo, and Midwest. And RVA by far is the most labor friendly. With RVA, all we have to do is if we can get more than 50% of the people say they want to join, you, you you go to the NEB and you submit a, your charter proposal, they accept it. We just tell RVA that there's 50% plus one. They call it a card check, and um, they call up and schedule the, the FL, the NLRB, excuse me, to come by for a vote. The Department of Labor comes in and they they carry out a vote. Circo and Midwest actually fight us, like some of the other like some of the other heads of the private sector too. They they actually send people out to talk, try to talk and pressure the people not joining the union. RVA doesn't do that. So that's the nice thing about RVA as an employer. But NAC has been, has been great. Um, you, have, you have protection. Um, it, it said that there's three, if you're a non-union employee, a non-union tower, there's three reasons they can fire you for. They can fire you because they don't like you. They can fire you for the clothes you wear. Or they can just fire you, period, with no reason. They don't even have to give a reason to fire you. But if you're, a, if you're represented by NACA, they can't, I mean, they can fire you, but you had to do something to, you know, to deserve being terminated. It has a, they, the, the discipline has to be progressive. They just can't come down the first day. If you were late for work one day, it goes, you're terminated. Because discipline has to be progressive. They have to look at it. Has he, had a, has he had a record of being late for work? Has he been talked to, first of all, verbally? You know, under, does he understand it? Has, has he been, you know, had a, you know, did he get a letter of reprimand? Did he get a day off? That's how the, that's how it works with a with a union tower. With a non-union tower, again, they can fire you for no reason whatsoever, and it does happen. Not not with NACA, but it does happen. And 
Mac has got um, one control that I'm aware of. He was terminated, and we got his job back for him. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you one more uh, question before I, I turn attention to the event itself. Uh, and you alluded to it earlier, but uh, I'm just kind of curious, uh, and not to uh, to expose your age, but you know, I understand you just uh, had your birthday last month in February. February, correct. And uh, turned 69 years uh, young. Yes. <laughs> so why do you keep working? What, what's, what drives you? What's your passion that you want to continue doing this work? I, I still enjoy my job, and I like the camaraderie at work. Everybody gets along great. We really get, we get along fantastic at work. It's it's fun to work there, and um, enjoy the money too. All good reasons, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about the event because these are the kind of bang bang, really quick things that you have seen in the tower your entire career, and you're you're trained and your experience to notice them. But let's go through the particulars of what happened uh, on this particular day in this particular aircraft, which was a uh, a Bonanza uh, uh, a BE-35. And so he's set up to land on runway 10, uh, December 9th, 2019. Do you remember what time of the day it was uh, that has that occurred in weather conditions? I think it was like midday and the weather was nice. Weather was no factor whatsoever. That time of the year is dry season down there, so we're almost always blue skies in mid seventies, upper seventies. Okay, yeah. So to walk us through how this aircraft uh, arrived in the pattern, what the traffic load was like, and then seeing his approach, and then what you did to uh, to intercede and notice yeah, his wheels up problem. Okay, I'm not sure how many I had in the pattern. There was traffic in the pattern, just, you know, touch and goes, taxi backs which is fairly normal for us, three or four in the pattern, just doing pattern work. And then we get itinerant traffic coming and going. And this Bonanza, um, he comes in he comes in and leaves once or twice a day, goes up to the Northwest. And most of the, he said most of the flight schools, it's, it's fixed wing Cestas in Cherokee. So that's no issues with that whatsoever. Occasionally we get some twins in there, you know, from the flight schools, but much, much a lower density of those. You have to watch for gear for them. And the Bonanza was coming in and, um, Again, you just you sit in the tower for you know a year or two. You, there's no events, and you're busy with traffic. But it does get still get to be um, I don't use the word boredom, but routine. Routine's much better. It's it's fairly routine. And the bonanza was coming in, and um, got down to final. He was within a half mile, maybe a quarter mile. And I I looked up there. It didn't look right. I put the binoculars on. He didn't have feet, so I just you know setting. He was over the approach lights when I set him around. I told him to make left traffic and sequence him, and he came back and landed. And then I asked him, you know, if, if he, I said, I didn't see your gear down. I don't know if it was up. I didn't see it down. That's why I sent you around. He goes, oh, no, thanks. And um, he contacted the manager and was, he, he told me I saved his airplane. It would have told out that bonanza. And um, he was very grateful, gave me a present for it. Bottle of bourbon, I believe, right? Yeah, it was. It a good bottle. It wasn't <laughs> He asked the manager what I liked, and he got a, an exclusive bottle of, by the by that um by that bourbon company. Fantastic, uh, it, you know the the rapid nature of it, the quickness the, that you displayed in, in catching it was uh, was remarkable. And um, thank you. Can you talk about other events similar to this that you may have had in your career, and uh, how this compared to them in terms of uh, you know the ability to kind of spot it? Well, I've said several around for not having gear. Started when I first got hired over in New Orleans Lakefront. Um, 
And the ones over in Cincinnati happened, and it was um, a jet speed, a charter citation. And he was on short final there inside the approach line, a flare, and I caught him and sent him around. And when he pulled up to go around, I found out later that he knocked the antenna off the back of his the rear, the rear of his aircraft. And um, he went over to Lunkin and landed over there, and that's what they called over and said, and when he went around, it, kid, when we, the pitch from the airplane knocked the antenna off of it when it hit the ground. But it's, it's, you don't see a whole lot. I haven't seen a whole lot of gear up there. It's the second one I've had over, in, over in, um, at a Pompano. And as you mentioned, the, the recognition uh, is certainly nice. The, the pilot, um, the RVA, uh, gave you some nice recognition, the facility itself. That's got to make you feel really nice as well to, to, to have that uh, other people recognize your work. Sure, it does. What about uh, th this award, the, the Archie League Medal of Safety Award? Um, there, we haven't received a lot of nominations over the years from federal contract hours, and that's something that we're, I'm literally working on with Kelly Richardson and the uh, safety committee. Currently, we want to get more nominations in and show our members at Contract Towers that, yeah, hey, you're part of the NACA family. We want to recognize your great work as well. Uh, what does winning this award mean to you in terms of uh, your career and your time at, at NACA serving this union? Well, it's, it's always nice to be recognized. And very, I, I work for, I've been working for NACA now, gosh, I was a charter member actually. And I've been working on committees or something since about my third or fourth year as as into to NACA's founding. And it's always nice being recognized for things by your union. You know, people appreciate your work and um, know you're still doing a good job. Um, is there anything you want to add that I, I didn't ask about? You know, there's one thing I didn't put on there when you asked about FCTs. And one of the differences between the FCTs and the FAA is I bet you, um, I hate to use percentages here, but I'm just going on an educated guess. I'm thinking about two-thirds of the managers in the FCT world are former, well, they're controllers. And um, lots of times, the RVA pulls them out of, out of our um, out of our union membership. Like, my, my manager right now, I don't want to be a manager. I, I have no desire to. But they asked me when the, our last manager, the last two times two managers left, they asked me, I said, no, I'm not interested at all. But they've taken other controllers from, from NACA right at our facility. And they're still, I mean, they're obviously not represented by NACA because they're a manager. But they're extremely, there's like still being NACA members. Uh, my manager, we, I have a very good rapport with him. That's about two-thirds of the FCT, um, the, the fact reps do. Um, best of friends. We, we collaborate about everything. Anything at all, it's a change of work. He comes to, he calls me up first. Hey, Brad, look at this. I got this from RBA. How do you want to implement it? Is, do you guys agree with it? Do you have an issue with it? Do you want me to see if I can change something? We talk everything out. And um, I'll, tell, I'll tell him. Here's what I'd like to see change. Here's why I really need to see changes in that member. What do you need to have in it for yourself to keep you out of trouble with RVA so they think you know, you're a good manager? And we discuss it back and forth. He calls Bruce Bivens, who's now our area manager that does the entire southern region. And Bruce was, prior to that, he was our, our manager at Pompano. And I have an excellent working relationship with him. And we can talk everything out. We may not agree 100%. But we come back where everybody's satisfied that they got what they could out of it. And that's not very – in the FAA, I was never aware of that. Everybody hated their managers. They were jerks. <laughs> and um, there are some of those. Don't get me wrong. There are some of them in the FCT world, but it, I, it's not that many of them. When I first got hired, the first thing my manager said of it was John Dumiller. He came out of SCT and um, Southern Caltracon. 
And um, he told me, he said, hey, this isn't the FAA, Brad. Forget about all that stuff. We're all buddies here. There's no wars going on. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today on the NACA podcast. I'm Doug Church, and we hope to have you join us again real soon.